thoughts on Wyoming basketball, your host, Mark Overman and Clay Cates. Well, thanks again for joining us on Random Thoughts on Wyoming Cowboy Basketball. I'm just going to dive right in, Clay, and ask you the important question, the question that's on everyone's mind. Who are the San- who are the Chargers going to draft in the-, the NFL draft this year? They're talking quarterback, but I don't know. I don't like that. Oh, you didn't actually want to talk about Wyoming basketball on this show, did you? <laughs> no, the NFL draft, that's, that's the biggest thing on my mind. No. Um, Shirley, uh, here to talk about, uh, this week's basketball. Shirley didn't turn out how we wanted it to. Well, I guess we'll talk about it, but we don't have to like it. No, we'll still enjoy our time talking about Wyoming basketball. We, we love talking about it, but man, it's been a disappointing season. That's for sure. You enjoying the Wyoming weather? A- no, we talk about it every week. And I tell you for the last four weeks, we've been talking about how bitter cold it is. It's been below zero up here in Gillette for the last two days and we've got another day to go. So, uh, it, it's been about as cold as our, our defense. It's a cold, cold winter in Wyoming. <laughs> I don't think it got quite as cold as they were saying though. Weren't they saying like negative 20? I don't think it ever got that cold. Did it? Maybe yeah, at yeah, night. Yeah, but... it did at night for sure. At least it hasn't been windy. So that's good. Uh, and I think that, I mean, as you can see on TV, because I wasn't able to make the game because of the winter storms and everything, but there was about 17 people at the game yesterday. And that really, yeah. I had 16. I didn't, <laughs> you missed that 17th guy up yeah. in the, up in the rafters. You didn't count him. Yeah. Somebody had a, a, a doll in the crowd and that, that was a, you know, the extra person you saw. <laughs> All right, well, we can quit wasting time and we'll jump into these games. We're going to talk about two Wyoming, the last two Wyoming games, the Fresno State game and the Air Force game. We're probably not, I'm going to say this, but we'll see how it goes. Probably try not to delve too much into the individual games as much and leave a little more time for just kind of state of the program, the big questions, just because, I mean, at this point, I don't know how far we can delve into these games. I mean, it's just the same story, new week, you know? Yeah, for sure. Although, like, and we'll get to it in that Air Force game, we did a a lot of the things that we say they need to do, and they still find a way to lose. Yeah, it was kind of a mirror of the first time they played, but uh, the only thing that was really different was where they played. So, all right, well, the Fresno game, we ended up losing 60-71. to uh, at the half, we were down uh, 29 to 38. Uh, just kind of give me some of your initial thoughts on that that first half, Clay. Well, I thought the the flow for the Cowboys was, went pretty well. Um, Justin James, you know, he was active early, which you always like to see. We, we yeah, that's a good change of pace. Active. We've had him, uh, you know, having slow starts, and and when he's scoring, we're in the game, and uh, so that was nice to see. And, you know, uh, with just a few minutes left in the first half, we were right in that game and they kind of stretched it out to nine at the half. That seems to be kind of a theme that this Wyoming team is finding themselves on. Like end of halves, we're just, you know, losing ground. Like end of the first half, they kind of pulled away in Fresno. And then the last kind of seven minutes, they kind of pulled away again on us in the second half. We kind of club close until then. And then the same thing as we'll get the Air Force game. We kind of kept it was we're down by two in the Air Force game with just a couple minutes to go, and then they kind of pulled away. But like I said, we'll get to that. Uh, second half, uh, they outscored us thirty-three to thirty-one. So it was a competitive game, but I mean, 
Is that enough at this point just to be competitive? I mean, aren't we looking to notch a couple in the win column? I mean, at some point. <laughs> well, I think when you and I and Ian talked last week, we we I don't know if we actually said per game individually, but we thought that there was definitely going to be a loss in there, and this was the most predictable loss. But we played them well at home, and, uh, you know, 11 points on the road for this team. I think isn't too bad considering that we were in, you know, showed some streaks of being in the game, at least in the first half, the second half, they just pulled away from us, but 11 wasn't that bad of a loss on the road. Yeah. Fresno is a pretty good team. I mean, they're in the top four in the conference. I think they might be third right now behind Utah state and Nevada. I mean, this is either here or there, but did you ever see that one coming? Nevada's not even the first place in the conference, Clay. (laughs) Utah state is where did that come from? I don't know. They, they've kind of, uh, taken off their Superman outfit for a little bit, and the kryptonite came out, so they're going to have to figure it out. It should make that Mountain West tournament a little more exciting because I guess that that game got heated. Like there was like the Nevada players were claiming that because Utah State after they beat them last night, they rushed the court, the fans, and some of the Nevada players were saying the fans were pushing them and grabbing them. Oh, and, I'm sure. And then in the locker room, I guess Musselman, the head coach for Nevada, had to be restrained by police officers. Jordan Caroline hit a glass mirror with his fist, and he was going crazy. So they end up facing off in the Mountain West Championship game. That could make for make for an interesting game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, some of the same bugaboos that have been getting this Wyoming team, you know, continue to kill us. Um, we were out rebounded forty one to thirty three, uh, and the big difference was fifteen offensive rebounds for Fresno and only six for Wyoming. And there was one possession in the game. It was just brutal. They had – you remember the one I'm talking about where they had three right in a row? Yeah. This <laughs> miss, rebound, miss, rebound, miss. Oh, you can give us four shots this possession? Okay, we'll make. We'll, we'll just hit a three-pointer. So that killed us again. And I just – I. And I'll give credit to my brother for this one because we've been talking about it. Uh, you know, of course, he's a big fan as well as I am. But it just seems like our philosophy on rebounding – and he, this is his words, and I think it's it, it suits perfect. It's just a defeatist mentality. It's like we don't rebound for free throws. We don't even, you know, as soon as we take a shot, we're on, back on the other end. All you got to do is just try to get some offensive rebounds, and they're going to bounce into your hands. Can Edwards really believe that this is the way to play basketball? When it gives the other team, I mean, they had, you know, 15 offensive rebounds to our six, and that helped lead Fresno State to have 13 more shot attempts than we did. Yeah. I mean, what is the what is the theory behind that? Well, you know, I think – Be positive. Get no, negative. I, I, I will get negative here. And I think this comes back from that Shiat philosophy. And, of course, him and Edwards, you know, working together all those years. It just um, – it, it just comes from – I think the philosophy is they're trying to get back and not give up easy baskets or transition. Now, whether that's right or wrong – it hasn't served us well in any capacity. So once again, as a coach, you have to be able to find those things that aren't working for you. And when a statistic is 15 to nine it, on the offensive 15 board, to six. or 15 to six, sorry. Um, it just, I mean, that's, you know, almost 10 more times that they got the ball and we didn't even have a chance to try. And so that does frustrate me. I will tell you that I do not like that philosophy. I think you just play 100% and try for those rebounds, and you're going to 
how many times were we close in a game where maybe a few of those would have made a huge difference? And I mean, and we just forfeit. Offensive rebounds are some of the lead to some of the easiest offense. You know, easy putbacks, easy kick out to a wide open guy at three. People are out of sorts when that happens. They're not in defensive position a lot of the time. But that is my my biggest problem with Edwards, and it's killing me right now. It's just some of his schematic decisions, and I don't understand them. Okay, I, like I said there, I can understand the philosophy of it. Let's do the Shia style. We'll get back on defense. We'll play a slow-it-down style offense, and, you know. But it's not working. Like, after the – I mean, what are we, right? What Are, are they 6-23? and 23? Is that their record? Do you know? 6-22. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the Fresno game. I think the – well, it, I think it might be 6-23. and 20. It, it might, Yeah, I think 23 was the – yeah. Regardless, that one loss doesn't it make is. a difference. Yeah, it is uh, in this debate. Uh, so I just don't get why we don't change things up. I just it makes no sense to me that we don't be like, okay, let's crash the you know boards. Let's play at a faster tempo. Let's rebound on free throws. Yeah. I mean, he's the only coach in America who doesn't rebound on free throws, and it's funny every time you get like a new announcer, so like, oh, they they're worried about our transition offense. It's like, no, that's just what we do. Yeah. Well, and, and another thing, too, you know, you and I have always talked about closing that gap and those little things that can swing a few points, and we need every little thing to go in our favor. And like I said, when you're, you know, you have nothing to lose to try to do something different. And I just don't know why we haven't made that uh, made that adjustment. It just drives me crazy. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's frustrating to watch it. Because, you, I mean, any basketball guy – you know, coach, fan, player, has got to know that rebounding is one of the, you know, keys of the game. That's one of the keys of the game. And every game, I mean, he's just willing to go in and say we're going to lose that. Like I said, I mean, doesn't that seem like a defeatist mentality? Yeah, and it, it to me it's, I don't know, it's almost like, intentionally walking the first batter of every inning or something like walk <laughs> no yeah, this yeah. works this <laughs> it sets up that double play yeah but just or you know i don't know sometimes that drives me crazy just you know i try to think of the frustration i feel in another uh, uh no it's more like prevent defense you know how bad every football fan hates that sure the coaches do it every time i mean every team i've ever rooted for including Wyoming, uh, they do that right before the half and just give up points. And I just like to just – Or they got like a 14-point lead in the second half. Yeah. And just like play like you normally live, but they'll let them – seems yeah. like they let the other team get back in the yeah. That's a great analogy. I agree. We play prevent defense the entire game. This, <laughs> this, and I just don't understand why he continues yeah. it. I, yeah. No, frustrating. Uh, the assisted turnovers, which we like to harp on, wasn't the killer in this game necessarily for Wyoming like they have been. An 11 assists to 12 turnovers, so, I mean, you know, marginal there. Uh, but Fresno was pretty good. They had 15 assists to nine turnovers, and that's kind of the one thing in both the games we're going to talk about today is didn't create too many turnovers, nine in this game, and then only five against Air Force, so that was kind of a killer. Uh, just kind of give some of the shooting numbers in this one. Uh, Wyoming shot 42.3% from the field, 33.3% from three, eight of 24, so not great, but didn't kill you. Uh, eight of 13 from the free throw line, which is, uh, you know, quite a bit below Wyoming's average. That's 61.5%. All right, so now we're going to get to some positives. But it doesn't – I mean, you know, Wyoming still finds a way to lose the game. So Fresno shot 36.9% from the, the field. That's 
I mean, whether it was good defense or they're just missing shots, that's that's a number you take every day, right? Yes. 29.3% from three. That's another number you take every day. I mean, 11 of 15 from the free throw line, I, I guess I didn't write down that percentage. That's what it, neither here nor there. But, you know, I guess you could say Wyoming well, played good defense in this one or, you know, like I said, at least limited them to some bad shooting performances. But now we kick back to that rebounding. When you allow Fresno shot 65 shots, Wyoming shot 52. So that's 13 more attempts. So – Fresno didn't play prevent defense. They went out there and they attacked. And what do you know? That came back to to work out to their benefit. I mean, isn't it just that simple? I mean, well, like like you said, you know, when you're when you're a losing team, you got to feel you got to minimize the opportunity for certain things. And that's one area we're going to we can keep coming back to this, but it but that was the deciding factor in this. That's one stat. Because if you were just to look at Fresno's stats and not know the score, not know anything that happened, um, like if they would have shot this way against Nevada or if they would have shot this way against anybody U- but Wyoming, Utah State, you would say they would have lost the game. For sure. And so, um, you know, the, the other part of it is got to look – because if you look, we shot better than they did percentage-wise. Um, we did, but you look at that fifty-two versus that sixty-five in terms of shots. That's that's a killer. Yeah, that makes all the difference. And the one thing that really, I mean, they did hit twelve threes. They were jacking up a lot of threes, so that kind of you know kind of an equalizer there as well. Sure. So they made twelve, and we made eight. So. What does that equal? Well, You're the mathematician well, on the well, show. What if, is the di- if they don't hit those extra four, we win the game. So. Uh, yeah, it's, no, no, it's, no, we don't win the game. We find another way to lose the game. That's, <laughs> yeah. and that's kind of one thing that's real. I mean, that's, that's just this Wyoming team. And I mean, it happens. It's just kind of like momentum. Once you, I guess it's positive and negative momentum. There's not a different word. There needs to be a different word for like momentum is positive when you think of the word momentum, right? Yeah. But there, what's the, there needs to be a better descripting word for negative momentum. And maybe there is one. I don't know. but I'll think about it. But we're on the negative momentum train, and we just find ways to lose. Like, you know, we outshoot them in this game. We still find a way to lose. I mean, I guess we the, the, the way that we always lose is the rebounding, I guess. I mean, that's – I think I heard a stat yesterday and I, I that uh, we've only won the rebounding battle one conference game all season, which – it's pathetic, but that's almost surprising that we did win it one game. Was that the San Jose? I think State it might game? have been the first Fresno game, which is shocking. <laughs> I was, yeah, I can't. I remember. honestly don't remember which game it was. I remember though. talking about it. I just don't remember which game it was. Um, yeah, so Fresno had 13 more shots than us, and that really made the difference. And another thing, that, and this is another thing, one of his schematic issues that he refuses to change that I really get frustrated with, is that zone defense. I mean, we play the zone defense 98% of the time. It doesn't matter what the other team's doing. So in this game, they essentially had three guys that were killing us. And it was really Huggins, their, one of their leading scorers, that was killing us. He, he hit eight threes, which was one off a of school record, by the way. Well, I guess it wasn't a school record. I think it might have been a stadium record. They kept talking about that in the game. Um, so he had eight of 19 for three-point land. And he had 30 points. At some point, don't you just say, hey, cover this guy? Yeah, don't let him get the ball. Do something. Different. I mean, if he's going to hit a three, it needs to be like a 
like a Jimmer Fredette, you know, Stephon Curry three, you know, seven feet behind the line with a guy right in his face. But, I mean, time after time, he just had pretty good looks because that zone defense, you know, you just get flowing one way and then leaves a guy open. Yeah. And I just – don't you kind of disagree with that too? Like, man up. Just at some point just say man up. Yeah, just put your – put the guy that you trust the most on him and just say, lock him down. And, and then if he beats you that way, then he beats you. But at least you went out doing something. I mean, just try, like I said, even if you get beat, try something different. I mean, and that's one of the reasons I'm starting to sour on Edwards. And don't get me wrong, it's always kind of been there. And, you know, the rotations have always kind of been an issue. I mean, it seems more so in the past than now because he's limited on what he can, who he can put in there. But just his schematic decisions are really making me sour on him because it's not like if he was changing and trying different things, and he has made some changes like playing the fast. You know, we were playing fast, now we're playing the shyest style. But seems like he once he digs his feet in on some things, he just refuses to change it no matter what the outcome. And that's, I mean, you can't really have that. And I think that was, and I would I disagree with a lot of posters on like it seemed like almost right away there were some posters on some of the message boards that were like. He's not an X's and O's coach. He's never going to be a good X and O's coach. Yeah. I mean, and I was willing to give him some, you know, some leeway. I mean, he's a young first-time head coach. I mean, you would think there would be some improvement there. And obviously there still could be, but I'm just, I just I find there to be no excuse for some of the changes that he refuses to make. And then in the postgame, granted, I'm not the X's and O's master in basketball or whatever, but in the post game, he'll be talking about like, yeah, we switched up and we we're playing man to man. It's like, no, I don't think you. No, you weren't. No, 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 you weren't. Because I mean, it's yeah. pretty easy to see that zone defense. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, I, I was just kind of looking at the stats there, but you know, Fresno State had a couple other guys that chipped in a few threes, but they were missing a lot of threes. So, yeah, I mean, he was. So they hit. If they're if they're not very hot from three, and you lock down Huggins, then you know they're gonna huck those threes up and you're gonna improve your chances since you you like to say you're a math genius that's what you always tell me I, I would, i've never so i'm gonna that. have you crunch some numbers here for me okay. off off the cuff oh boy so they were 12 of 41 from three as a team okay and hoggins was eight of 19 mm -hmm. so what was the rest of the team four of what well, 41 four. minus 19 that's the number <laughs> i need well four of 22 right is that what it is I'll just take your word. Yeah, 4 of 22. So 4 of 20, let's just assume Clay's right. I mean, how could he be wrong? I mean, yeah. 4 of 22 from three, I mean, that's that would be great. But like I said, that zone defense, it really felt like, a, you know, let their hot shooters kind of keep killing us. And every time it seemed like, well, I mean, we're getting close. Hawkins would hit another three to kind of give that separation. And it was uh... – 16, 4 of 16. That was a little off. My math was a little rough there. Uh, so, oh, no, no. I, I'm sorry. that we I didn't catch Williams at the bottom there. I was right. Take your shoes and socks no, off. I, Let's I, get I, your, start counting your toes. Look it up my stats. No, actually, it flipped up there. The, the bottom of the stat line came up. It, the, I was right. 22. 4 of 22. Four of 22. That's the official number. Yeah. We're going with no, that. I doubted myself there, but I didn't see that bottom line. I just started to count, and I was like, oh, wait so any any of the uh, Wyoming, I'll kick it to you here. Any of the Wyoming individual performances jump out at you? Or? Well, um, you know, we've always talked about having guys in 
double digits. That's what we have to do. James has to be James. And then uh, we need some other guys to pitch in. And, and we got out of the fifties, which has been kind of our plague. Uh, we had young and Porter, which was a surprise. Um, at least Porter, the surprise pitching in 10. But um, once again, we go back, you know, James had 27. And then that's kind of where it really dropped off. Big key for me is Hendricks, uh, 0 for 6. We can't have him scoring zeros playing 36 minutes. The shooter and the score, he's got possibility. And then Thompson, once again, 29 minutes and two points. Those uh, just really stick out to me as uh, just numbers that are killing us. Hey, I hate to break it to you here, buddy. This is one of Thompson's better games since conference season started. Two points, three rebounds, three assists, four blocks. I don't know if the yeah, yeah. I don't know if the um, the score or the official score was just crediting it with Thompson with every block there was out there, but. Well, and you know, so actually, I mean, at least he was doing something else. I mean, he was he got chipped in some rebounds, with assists. Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing about Thompson, though. I mean, he was one or two from the field. He didn't even try to score. I so he played 29 minutes. I don't think he had a shot attempt until like the 27th minute of his game playing, and I think it was there was at that point there was like three minutes to go in the game. This is, yeah. And on one hand, I mean, that's good that he's not just. That's. I, I mean, obviously, I think he's lost some confidence, so he's not, you know, like hunting for a shot. But on the other hand, he's not kind of like I would say, like Trace Young, who's out there, and he'll – I mean, Young feels like he's got to shoot it first time he touches the ball. So, he's, you know, Thompson's kind of looking for – he's picking and choosing his spots. He's just yeah. – Well, somebody like, you know, Hendricks, you know he's going to shoot the ball. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to pass up. I mean, we talked, you know, historically, like when McManaman went cold, you saw part of that shooting slump where he quit shooting, and it was kind of scary. It was kind of sad, and I just remember that. And I think Hunter Thompson is – I don't know if the the coaches have just, you know, told him to do something else, give other people the ball, give them a shot, or just naturally you're in a slump, you don't have confidence, so sure. your first thing is to pass the ball. Well, you know, me and you – are amateur softball players. Sometimes when you're not hitting good, you almost up there. You don't even want to swing the bat, you know. I mean, <laughs> take a walk. Yeah. It's like, hey, you gonna walk me? I'll take a walk. <laughs> yeah. Some people don't believe in the walk and slope your softball. Not me, and Clay. We'll take a walk. We'll take a walk. Yeah. Okay, but uh, yeah, just that, you know, I just think he he's lost his confidence, and that's why he's not shooting so much. Yeah, and that makes total sense. Uh, like I said, Hendricks was a killer. This one was six. In 36 minutes, that's kind of another frustrating thing with Edwards because he played like 37 minutes in the CSU game as well and didn't really do anything. Like it almost, and this is kind of going back to that rotation battle. It's like, what does a guy have to do to like not play 36 minutes a game? Like at some point, they'll be like, okay, you haven't scored in this game. You've played 30 minutes. Let's. Yeah. Kind of give somebody else a try. I mean, like, well, with Thompson, it, could it could it just be his size that's buying him time? Well, this is Henderson time. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you. Were... Well, Thompson played 29 minutes. And he, I mean, he, Thompson does have a long leash, yeah. but it's like some guys have a long leash and some guys have a short leash. Like, yeah, it, it almost seems. I mean, what you know, and that's the thing you don't see practices, you don't know players' attitudes and their grades. Like, what all? Like you mentioned on other podcasts, like. There's other things that factor into playing time. Like, and we don't see that as fans. So it just, because, okay, and I know it doesn't work like this, but Young 
had 10 points, three rebounds, and a steal in 18 minutes. So let's say he played double that, which is 36. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know it doesn't work that way, but that's 20 points, six rebounds, you know, two steals. Granted, he would have had a lot of turnovers if that happened. Same with Porter. Porter plays 16 minutes. He has 10 rebounds, four, 10 points, four rebounds, and two steals. I'm sorry. Let me start over. He played 16 minutes. I couldn't read my own handwriting there. 16 minutes, he had 10 points, four rebounds, two steals. So you double that, and he plays 32. And I'm obviously Porter. I mean, we've kind of been down on Porter. It's hard to come in and be like, oh, you're playing 32 minutes tonight. I know it doesn't work out that way. But it just kind of feels like, well, shouldn't you go with the hot hands? Like Young's, you know, you got to put the ball in the hoop. And these guys are putting the ball in the hoop. And we got Hendricks, who's obviously on a, you know, a cold streak. And we just can't keep rolling out the same thing. Yeah. I mean. Well, and I don't know what the strategy is there, but, um, you know, we sometimes Hendricks is out there and they know he's capable of scoring. Of course, the opposition knows that. So I don't know if that, you know, is the strategy, keep him in there, let him shoot out of it, whatever it is. I mean, he's he's capable of getting hot. And sometimes we've talked about how there needs to be somebody else out there so they don't put all the pressure on James. Maybe that's the strategy. I, I don't know. When a guy's 0 for 6, it's just hard to keep Well, it's not that he was just 0 for 6. It was like 0 for 6 off the back of three or four or five games in a row. Yeah. I think it was five games before this that were just – I mean, and I'm not saying I don't believe in Hendricks, but, I mean, at some point, you know. Yeah. I mean, Young is – I think he was 3 of 8 from 3. I mean, at least he was putting it in on occasion, maybe give him some more minutes. And, play, and played half the minutes, yeah. So. So. Clay is indicating the time, and he would like to move on to the next game. <laughs> like I said, we weren't going to talk as much about these games, but once you get talking about them, it's kind of – I could just see Jeff's blood boiling. Over our producer's there. falling asleep there. You can see the drool <laughs> coming out of his mouth. Uh, All right, let's move on. There's nothing else in that game you wanted to mention? Nah, just, you know, it was just one of those classic things where, where uh, you know, we didn't close at either part of the half. Yeah. And we've talked about how the ends of the halves just seem to be not working for us, especially the end of the first half. That seems where that game kind of got a little bit more spread between – because it was a close game the whole time, but then it just kind of spread out by the half, and then we just chased it the whole rest of the second. You just wanted me to skip over Fornstrom's four minutes, huh? There's one rebound, and he drew a couple fouls. I know you like him, and you'd like to see him get Well, it. I mean, every time he plays, you know. you know, it just seems like he plays He plays to win the game. Yeah. Like the old Herm Edwards, you play to win the game. <laughs> he's out there, like, he's out there playing with an attitude. You can tell he's playing to win the game. And some of our other guys just seem like they're so kind of going through the motions. Just, he does have some energy, though, and he's kind of exciting to – to watch, yeah, I, I actually enjoy watching him when he's in there. He he hustles. Yeah, he, he plays hard, and he yeah. goes. He's like a. He kind of has that knack for a rebound. I don't know. It's just something I like about the guy. Yeah, he played in the Air Force game, and he dove dove on the court two or three times. And mm-hmm. all right, let's transition to the Air Force game that was yesterday at Wyoming. Uh, Wyoming lost seventy-two to eighty. In the first half, it was forty to forty-four at the half. See, here's the problem with this team. Just like we kind of saying, losers find ways to lose games. So in the first half, Wyoming shoots 54% from the field and eight, eight threes in the first half, eight of 19, which is good. And we're still down by four. Like it just. Yeah. 
this, and I know you're talking first half here, but statistically was a weird game because you know how we talked about if you looked at Fresno's numbers and didn't look at anything else and know anything yeah. else, you'd say they probably lost the game. In this case, if you looked at our numbers compared to how we always play yeah. and look at just our half not knowing the score, you would say, you know, we had a pretty good chance to win that game. Well, we just scored 72. That's got to be a, yeah. a high on the season. That's way out of the 50s where we have been. And so when Wyoming scores 72 points, you think, you know. Especially a home game. And you're playing a team that's, what, 13 and 15? Uh, you know, at that time they were what uh, twelve and fifteen. So you would think that we had a pretty good chance to win that basketball game, but our defense just wasn't there. Yeah, that zone defense just Air Force just picked it apart. And I just, I mean, I just I'm becoming a you know a what's the saying? A repeating record? That's not right. Uh, what is the what? Like when you repeat something. This is good podcasting, by the way. <laughs> A broken record. A broken record. A broken record. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm becoming a broken record about this, you know, Edwards and the zone defense and the rebounding. But So in the first game, and I know we're not quite there yet, but this feels as good a time as any to say, like Lavelle Scotty for Air Force goes off and has his career high, scores 34 points, just picks apart our zone, just get him, get him the ball right at the free throw line, and he could do whatever he wanted. So in this game, it was Swan that was killing us. I mean, same thing. They get to Scotty in the zone, the top of the middle of our zone, and Thompson is just putting him between a rock and a hard place, and he's got to decide, to, do I crash up on Scotty or and kind of leave Swan open on the wing? And he was leaving Swan open on the wing, and he was just killing us. And then once he got hot, he couldn't miss from three. He's not normally a three-point shooter, but he hit like four of six yesterday or something like that. So, But like it, it just goes back to why not? Okay, they're killing us in the zone. And Air Force particularly has really crushed the zone. Yeah. And we just continue to let them beat us the same way they've been beating us the whole season. Yeah. Well, and when you're in a zone, I mean, teams break zones easily by – they're going to get you out of position by moving that ball around somewhere, and you have to make decisions. And in this case – and then when you have a hot hand, like Swan was on fire from whatever he was doing. Sure. And uh, you just – you. You know, you have to come out of that zone. And, you know, and, of course, that's the whole thing. I just – I don't understand why you just keep doing the same thing. It drives me nuts. I I mean, I I wasn't fortunate to watch the game, but I was listening to it, and I could definitely hear the frustration and, and uh, Dave and Kevin, for sure, just, you know, just every time they'd score and, and – just the way they were saying there, Swan. <laughs> yeah, swan. Just like you just kept getting sick and tired of hearing the word Swan, that's for sure. Yeah, no, no kidding. Uh, so while we did shoot good in the first half, not so much in the second half. Like I said, we were 54% from the field in the first half. And then we ended the game at 43.6%. So obviously we were, you know, below 40 in the second half. And we kept – Shooting a lot of threes, but we weren't hitting near as many in the second half. We were 5 of 17 from three in the second half, which is 29%. Uh, here's the here's the backbreaker, though. When you, Like you said, this game statistically, you look at a lot of the numbers. You know, we hit 13 threes. We had like three or – did we have three guys in double figures? Yes. You know, three guys in double figures. Uh, our assisted turnover ratio was pretty good. But – they 
41 rebounds for Air Force to 28 for Wyoming. And they had 12 offensive to R4. I mean, this is Air Force, Clay. Air Force. <laughs> They're smaller than us. Okay, so I even – I okay, here's the starting lineups. You want to know the starting lineup? And I know height's not everything, not the end all be all. But. So their starting lineup, 6'7", 6'7", 6'4", 6'2", 6'5". So Wyoming – 6'10", 6'9", 6'6", 6'7", 6'5". I mean, we're way bigger than them. And even their main reserve off the bench is only 6'4", and we bring another 6'10 guy in, and then a, a 6'2 guy, which the 6'2 guy was one of our best rebounders. That's Banks, but, I mean. Yeah, it's, I mean, if you would ever tell me that Air Force would just out, just you know, out-rebound you the way they did, I don't know. It's just inexcusable. Hey, let's say, okay, these are all Division One athletes, right? I refuse to believe that these guys haven't worked hard to get to here. You know what I mean? Yeah. They've worked hard to put themselves in position. I mean, it's not—they're not all just getting by on their natural talent, especially as like deep as like AAU basketball is now, and just like there's a lot of guys vying for these spots, right? Yeah. So they don't just get here. You know, playing soft, playing weak, not playing hard. So does this all just come down to coaching and schematics? or? But like I said. Well, I mean, you and I have talked about philosophy and talent and things like that. And I do believe there are certain guys that have that knack. Um, we talked about Fortune. You know, he kind of has his own knack to go get the ball. Sure. I mean, there's a little bit of that in play. Um, I think we – you know, it's physicality. It's just how do you recruit knack? Well, I, I mean, I think you do see that. You do see, like we've talked about different guys that have had that knack, like Wash, you know, uh, Derek Cook, uh, Leonard Washington, Larry Nance. Those guys, I mean, they were talents, of course, in a different way, but they had that knack. They were physical. They just when when it came down to boards, they were going to go clear that board, whatever it was, if it was in their range. Now, the other part of it is, is I just, to me, it almost just looks like there's a philosophy. We're not going to foul. We're going to get back on defense. It's yeah. almost a play not to lose type thing. Don't make mistakes. Uh, just play it safe. And then that is what I, I can just see it. The way whenever a shot goes up, it's almost like it's over. It's one and done, and we're done. Uh, there was a moment yesterday, and this, you know, won't translate. The story won't translate as good as, like, the actual game film, you know. But there was a point yesterday where James at the top of the key shot, like, a three. And as soon as it left his fingers, you could see, like, Trace Young just kind of lazily running back the other way. And the ball bounced right to where Young would have been if he would have just yeah. didn't move. And it was just – and by that point, Young was already up across half court, you know, it was just like, uh, it was just so, and then he goes kind of the, I think the reason it sticks out is that almost the way young, like ran back and it was like, like he get just in the way he was running back, you could almost see that he didn't believe in what he was doing. It's yeah. like, all right, I guess I'll go back on this side. I mean, we're not going to try to hit the boards. Well, I know this has been something that it's not like it's just this year, but I, I don't know. Was there something earlier in the season where we were getting beat back a lot or something? I don't know what in the world it makes us just that, you know, yeah, afraid, scared to get back. I mean, there is no reason. Like, even if they get a rebound, 
you know, kind of one of the keys is you just don't let people cherry pick. It's not about, but it's not just one guy. I mean, I know young in that case it was, but cherry picking what this isn't the ymca clay <laughs> no they do cherry pick but people are good that's about, my best play yeah but people I'll are cherry pick about, all day yeah but you see a lot of fast breaks you know like you know where guys get open dunks and stuff and things happen but i mean i just don't remember a point in the season it might have been in some of those tournaments where i couldn't watch the sure game. those are harder to watch um, but uh something makes us just absolutely nervous that we're gonna get give up easy points and but not to harp on it, but like this just goes back to that defeatist mentality, that prevent defense, like playing scared. I mean, you can't at some point you, you gotta be the aggressor, you gotta be the attacker. I mean, like I said, if it was working, that's one thing. But when you're six and twenty-three, six and twenty-two, whatever it may be, change it up. Say we're gonna okay, we're going down, but we're going down swinging. I mean, throw some haymakers. I don't I just don't get it. I well, there was a and, – and I remember there was a lot of talk on the board after, you know, we went to the NCAA tournament and, and we were playing uh, what's it, Northern Iowa. And um, I just remember there was a point in the game where we were down pretty big and then we just kind of came out of it and tried something different, fast breaks, um, just kind of played out of our game for just a streak there and we actually had a chance to – you know, that clo- I think Graybow took a shot <laughs> to get us within three or something at one point. And then we kind of went right back into our thing, and then they just kind of closed us out. And and I know that's not even the same team, but what I'm trying to say is that they did, we just did something different, and it changed it up and made it work for us. And I'll never forget that. I, I just think sometimes, you know, you see – Teams like, you know, when they're in, and I know it's not basketball, but in football, they have a design two minute, you know, two yeah, minute, two minute offense. offense, four minute yeah, offense. Yeah, you see the Patriots do it all the time where they just, they just do it right in the middle of the game. It's not really in the last two minutes. Sure. And it just throws the other team off. And, and I just think sometimes if we would just kind of go to that fast break style or just do something different or stay in and board, yeah. you know, Swiss was on to a man defense like he claims that we do, but I'm not seeing it. I, I just, it might be for a possession, and you can't tell because they shoot so quick or something. But I don't. I it doesn't seem like we're going to a man. Let me. I want to. I want to take a little break here for a second. I want to give Clay the floor here. <laughs> I want to set him up. Would you like? And we're big in the Northern Iowa market. That's one of our big markets that this podcast is big in. <laughs> but do you like to remind all the Northern Iowa fans where Seth Tuttle is these days and where Larry Nance Jr. is? <laughs> well, Larry Nance Jr. is in the <laughs> NBA. And Tuttle, I think, was across seas, but I have no idea where he's at. Clay now. got in a lot of message board battles with those Northern Iowa oh, folks that they were... said Nance couldn't hold Tuttle's jockstrap. Yeah. And uh, they were telling me, I remember saying, you know, Nance has potential to be an NBA player. And they were ah, laughing at me. Nance, NBA? And they you better kid me. They said, I bet he doesn't get drafted and all this different stuff. And, uh, well, we saw how that turned out. So <laughs> if you guys are listening to this podcast. Hey, we got to take our wins face. where we can get them. That's right. That's right. We didn't win the game, but we won the war. So yeah, we won the, uh, you won the battle. We won the war. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So, like I said earlier. You know, like we kind of talked about earlier, like you look at the stats, and this one was just kind of a weird game. 12 assists to 8 turnovers in a home game, you say we win that game. That's right. But the problem is Air Force had 13 assists to only 5 turnovers. We weren't 
that zone def that vaunted zone defense we were running wasn't creating a lot of turnovers. Yeah. Uh, some of the shooting percentages in this one, uh, we were forty three point six percent from the floor, thirty six point one percent from three. We hit thirteen of them though, so that was good. Uh, seventy three point three percent from the free throw line, but only eleven of fifteen, so we didn't really get to the line enough to make a huge impact there. Uh, Air Force, 46.8% from the field, 50% from the three-point line, 9 of 18, and 13 of 17 from the free-throw line, which is 76%. So kind of the theme in these last two games is, so Air Force had seven more shot attempts than we did. And what did I say Fresno had? It was 13 more. So obviously 13 more, you know, double what Air Force had. But when you allow, allow a team to just cream you on the boards and get offensive rebounds, I mean, I know it's not that simple, but that's kind of the difference in this game. Yeah. Well, and I know it was an eight-point, you know, win here for them. They kind of closed us out at the end. But uh, Well, what, it was like two points with, what, two minutes to go? Yeah. I mean, late in the game, we were right in there. And so, yeah, those things would have made a difference. Um, And like I said, minimize those things. I'll tell you, the number that sticks out to me, though, is the lack of turnovers that – you know, you and I talk about that all the time. I swear I saw that was six yesterday. That changed. But um, well, but anyhow, uh, the the lack of turnovers on our half would tell you that, I mean, we minimized something. And so it, you'd think it would swing in our favor to, to, you know, I think it was a difference between us being like in the low 60s or whatever and getting to 72, which um, – you know, turnovers. If we have eight turnovers a game, I could live with oh, yeah, this team be... especially. But but then again, we only gave up five. So it wasn't a real sloppy game like we've kind of seen on our half. Sometimes we can have 17, 18, 19, and, you know, no team's really going to win that many games with that. So just kind of like I said, you know, teams that lose are losers, you know, find ways to lose a game. Even in a game where we have, you know, for us, I mean, a great assist to turnover, 12 assists. Obviously, you know, you like a few more assists, but eight turnovers, but yet we still lose that battle. Yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> it just is what it is. And like you said, the some of the statistics, like, like I said, if you would have said we only had eight turnovers and we hit 13 threes. Oh, well, on this – I mean, I'm just saying, I'm looking at just the stats all together. I would have said, wow, you know. Well, if you would have told me Hendricks at six threes, <laughs> like, I'll be, oh, yeah, we're with them. Six three, Hendricks hit six threes. Wyoming scores 72 points. They hit 13 threes. They only have eight turnovers. We have three guys. In the I would have, yeah, you take it to the bank. We win that game. But we, we did not win the game. All right, let's look at some of the individual stuff in this one. Uh, Clay, is there any of the – on the Wyoming side, I guess we can mention the Air Force side first. Like, the first Air Force game, Lavelle Scott, he goes for a career high and has 34 points. And then this one, Ryan Swan had a career high 30, 37. What did I say, Scotty? Did I say 34? I meant 34. Yeah. Scotty had a career high 34 in the first meeting. Swan had a career high 37 in this one. Yeah, that his own defense. That, that Air Force confused, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and you've seen when Air Force ripped us apart in that first game, uh, you saw other teams kind of pick up that, you know, they obviously saw that on film and they started doing that. And and uh, we just really made no adjustment to that. And, and, you know, frustrating to see these guys score 
you know, when one guy's scoring 37 points, you know, that's just ridiculous to be able to let a guy go off like that. And uh, so we did. And, I mean, really outside of those two, they only had another. Uh, Morris was close with nine to get into double digits. But other than that, five, three, 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 two, zero, you know, they didn't have a whole lot of points outside those guys. So we just didn't lock down on, on Swan and he killed us. I um, mean, you look at Wyoming course like you said the stats tell a positive story for us we had 72 points and we had three scores and double digits james was james with 23 hendrix with the six threes uh he had 18 points and uh you know you got some uh you know young scoring 11 which is good but you know not in six taylor six those are good numbers banks had six and so you know like I said, if we get to if we get three scores up in double digits and and we have some other contributors getting half a dozen points, I think we normally win that game. But our defense just wasn't there, and that really told the story in in uh, the end of the score. Yeah, now you look at the offensive numbers and you say we won this game, but I mean when you look at the rebounding and the defensive numbers, I mean you can definitely see why we lost, and that was kind of I mean the reason for the loss. Yeah, there was a lot of. I mean, I thought Naughton had one of his best games. I mean, I know you're not getting much out of Naughton, you know, when one of his best games is six points, four rebounds. Says he only had one block, but I swear he, you know, he was altering some shots there. And I thought Edwards made a big mistake there. We were That's when we were down by two, two or three or four. It was right in there. I think we might have been down by four because it was the last, like, three or four minutes. And he, he took out, he took out Naughton, he put Thompson back in. When not was being a you know a real big factor on the defensive end, and Thompson wasn't really giving us anything on the offensive end. But I think that might be one of the things where you know that I don't want to you know make like I'm making excuses for Edwards because I have soured on him quite a bit. But it might be one of the things where Nan kind of leaks his limit. You know, I mean, he can only play about 14, 15 minutes a game, yeah. so he probably he might have to come out of the game for all I know. But it does kind of feel like some of the guys that are playing, you know, better right now aren't really seeing the court. You know, like, Banks only plays 24 minutes. But in those 24 minutes, you know, six points, six rebounds, four assists, a block, no turnovers. Why is he playing 24 minutes? Yeah, that's a stumper there. I don't know. Is that one of the things, though, is like kind of like the chicken or the egg, you know, like if he played, you know, more minutes then you know, like, you know how they say like cream rises or yeah he would well what sinks I don't even know but like <laughs> the more he plays the more he would look worse because I yeah and I don't know I mean we've talked all along that sometimes the stat lines don't match the you know who plays minutes and things like that so um, you know with all the the odd minutes and stats and even one guy will have good games and the next time he's not playing much. And well, that's kind of like – Sometimes a guy couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, but uh, he plays, you know, 30-plus yeah, minutes, minutes. So, I don't know. I don't. Well, just all you have to do is go back to – what was it? I think James's freshman year. I think that was under Shy. So, it's not like it's only an Edwards problem. But on any t- I don't care what the ages are, especially when you're, you know, you're a – 18, 19, that's almost a man, you know, like why on any team, why is Akka Gorski playing more minutes than Justin James? Like 
That makes no sense. So that was the season, not to get too derailed here, but so we were bad that season. Remember, Jane, uh, Adam's senior season? Yeah. But you had <laughs> we had Adams. We had Adams, who was, you know, awesome that season. He was like James this season, but probably a little better, like we've talked about. Yeah. McMahon, it was one of the best three-point shooting seasons in Wyoming history. He was 44%. He was shooting a lot of them. And he had an uber-talented freshman like James, but he didn't play. I mean, if James plays 30 minutes a game with those two, doesn't that change that season? Or is that just, yeah. you know, revisionist history, like looking at what James is now? and Because yeah. he was actually, like, you look at his numbers, and he was – like, it wasn't like he shot like 40. I mean, his shooting percentages were all solid. I mean, it was just he wasn't playing a lot. Yeah. And there were times where he was, you know, sixth man and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, just who knows. I mean, it's – it's as far as the Edwards run has been, that that's always been a – Well, that was shy, just to be fair. Well, I know, but just um, – I'm going back to Edwards here, but uh, – Can't we go back to shy <laughs> Well, that's part of the reason why. We no, I don't want to go back but... to Shia. I like Shia, but if we do change coaches, though, I want somebody that believes in rebounding free throws and offensive. I don't want to. I want to get. A, I want to get as far away from that coaching tree as possible. Yeah. So yeah, but um, yeah, it's just I know there's just and I think that was like you said it was Shia, but you know Edwards kind of has that that characteristic of Shiat's coaching philosophy and uh, just always did some, just, just some things that just didn't mesh with normal coaching behavior. So. Yeah. Just kind of go back to your point of like playing time. Like, so in the Fresno game, Porter had one of his best games, you know, 10 points, four rebounds, two steals, played 16 minutes. It kind of looked like, Oh, seeing some progression here. He actually had a fast break where he, you know, did a nice Euro step on a guy and finished it. Like, normally he, you know, flails like a fish out of water when he gets those opportunities. And then you have flash forward to the Air Force game, and he plays five minutes. I mean, it wasn't like in those five minutes he had two turnovers or three turnovers, like, or missed a couple bad shots and was, you know, jacking up stupid shots. Like, that makes no sense to me. Why does he only get five minutes? Well, and I don't know, but you and I have talked about the frustration of not getting some of these young guys time. Especially in a wasted season. Yeah. That must not use it for the future. What are you going to lose by, you know, all you can do, a guy scores 10 points, has some good plays. You know, you, he comes back and plays, you know, maybe more minutes than he did the last time. And, you know, you might blossom a guy there and give him some confidence and, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's frustrating, uh, you know. Um, I, I don't have an explanation for it. I think that's one of the frustrations we share. Sure. Let me ask you – okay, let me first listen to say any other you – know, anything else in this game? No, I think we've talked enough about okay. so, statistics. Let me just ask you this question. This is – give us some thought, but this is – and I'm not – it's another James question where I'm asking a question about Justin James, but this has nothing to do with him. But is he hurting? Would it be, would it be better off if he wasn't on the team this season? Because it's not really making a difference in the win-loss column. I mean, he's fun to watch. I mean, 
But like Wood, is he kind of holding some of these guys back? This is kind of what I'm saying. Because he's shooting 26, you know, 24 shots a night. When I'm just saying in the long run, like when these guys are sophomores and juniors, would they be better off if they had this season without a guy like James where they can't just sit back and rely on him to do everything? Where Taylor can just sit there and only attempt three shots a game and play really passive. Same with Thompson. He can't wait till his 27th minute to take a shot. Well, I mean, you know, I, I'm going to say it doesn't hurt him to have James on the team. I mean, I think playing with a, a guy like Justin James. Just can teach us some of those intangibles. Well, yeah, just you, you're on the court with him and you learn and you play just like them. You know, when you play with better competition or you play against better competition, you learn from those guys. You learn skills. You learn how to move. I mean, he's saying things in the huddle. He's saying sure. things on timeouts. He's saying all different things during the game, and that's that's who you emulate. I mean, Justin James learned from Josh Adams, you know, um, and so in that one season to say, you know, well, Adams, you know, maybe took a lot of those shots and everything. I mean, Justin James is a product of the experience of watching Josh Adams, and, and it just goes on and on. And these guys will never forget that experience. And so I think it helps them. I could buy that, but I just, I've always kind of had that. My, my philosophy on rebuilding Wyoming basketball, if like something like that's a realistic thing. I can't, you can't just say like, oh, bring in a bunch of McDonald's All-Americans, you know, like would be to just kind of start with like a deep freshman class of like, you know, five or six freshmen and just say, hey, you know, you guys are going to come in and you're going to play. And they're going to play, you know, 30 minutes a night. And you're going to suck that first year. And you're going to get creamed. And as a sophomores, you're going to be very mediocre. But by the time they're juniors and seniors, wouldn't you kind of be? Like, I'm talking about, like, talented players. Like, just imagine the, the talented young guys that we have here. Like, wouldn't you think if they were playing 30, 35 minutes a night since they were freshmen, by the time they're juniors, they would be – you know, we'd be upper echelon out west, and by the, that senior season, we'd be, you know, fighting for a conference title. Or is it? Well, I know I. Or does it just you learn so many bad habits if you play that? Yeah, way? I think. I mean, I think you definitely um, have a point there. I think court time is important. I mean, I think that's why we're arguing for Porter to get more time or uh, things like that when he has a good game. You know, trying to kind of build off of that and do some of those things. I mean, you want to see those guys get more court experience because that will pay off um especially in crunch time and times that are important sure uh the more you're in those in in the crunch time of the game or even the important pieces where you don't let runs happen and all kinds of things like that those are important minutes the other part of it though that i can't ever get over is i mean james gives you bursts of success you know whether you're 10 points behind or not, when Wyoming goes on a run and their offense is successful and they're rebounding and getting some of those things that you would like to see, I think there's pockets of success that also build, you know, that sticks in the minds of those players and they don't forget that. And that's how they kind of build their experience. Okay. I'll buy that. Before we go, well, we're going to check in on the weekly uh, Edwards fire meter Where are you at on that meter that well, meter. Give me a uh, – how do you want to do it? Do you want to do percentages? What do you want to – what do you want to do here? Well, I mean, you know, we had talked about 
there was a good chance that we could maybe like, and this is the sunny side up. We thought maybe three and one, two and two at best. And uh, <laughs> hey, we, we still got two winnable games. But and we were all kind of talking last week that you know anything less than two and two might be a kind of a road out for Edwards in our minds. And I kind of feel like I'm there. I just, I, I mean, I've just seen some things where we had. I'm not saying we should have won Fresno, but there were some things in that game where maybe it could have been different had we coached different, had we done some things with rebounds, had we done some things with some of our players. The last game, just some of the rotations again off of hot games and things, just I don't know. I just feel like we made zero adjustments and learned nothing from that Air Force game the first time. Sure. It was the same game. It was just in a different court. And uh, so there for me, I'm just – I tell you what, I'm leaning more of the no Edwards. So is it 51% fire Edwards or are we talk, what are we talking? I'm, I'm probably 60-40. Uh, fire no, Right now, yeah. So – and I can make – I think I could, you can make a good argument for, like, some of the excuses for why the season was so bad. You know, injuries. And I know a lot of people don't really look at it like, okay, well – now that, like, Naughton and Thompson and Hendricks are back, they kind of forget that they missed big chunks of the season. And, you know, obviously they just like, oh, well, only we're really missing Maldonado because no one liked Redding and no one liked Mueller anyway. And Tyreek Johnson, he's, he was an unknown. Luol Dung never even played. So all we're really missing is Maldonado. So I can make an argument, and I think you can make a good one. But – on the other hand, wouldn't we just be like just like Edwards if we didn't fire him at this point? Because if you brought him back, wouldn't you be like, okay, I'm expecting things to change. I'm expecting us to like change our rebounding philosophy. I'm expecting to change our zone man-to-man defense philosophy. But he's shown no willingness to change those. So we'd just be, you know, doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. What's that the definition for? Insanity. So wouldn't it almost be insanity at this point to expect him to change? Well, and I just – I think that's kind of where I keep leaning is, I mean, when you look at the, the Air Force and the Fresno State games are almost mirrors of each other, just in different places. And we just didn't seem to learn. Fresno is a better team than we are. Sure. And they should beat us. And, and Air Force is probably a better team than us, but at home – they they are, but we did nothing. It was almost. I mean, I don't. I can't remember the scores, but they were pretty close to the same yeah. score and and things. Uh, I think it was eighty one seventy four or six or something the first time we played them. But it was basically the same story, and we just didn't stop the bleeding. We didn't make any adjustments, and to me, that comes down to coaching. And that uh, I mean, you, you can make an argument for personnel, but um, we should be able to to do some kind of coaching that would give it, you know, I've just been a coach myself or knowing what good coaches are. There's been some times, even in that great Gillette system where some, you know, bad classes came through, but we had some good coaches sure. down in the lower ranks that you could say, um, you know, I remember a guy, you remember Mr. Shrupp, coach Shrupp. Sure. He was great at taking the golfing coach. Yeah, but he was a great basketball coach because he could take a bad team and coach it up and make it mediocre. Make it, yeah, they could I take mean, a bad team, make it compete. Yeah, and he would put him in position to succeed. And I just feel like I, I really believe that there was some coaching decisions that could have gave uh, given us a better opportunity 
to maybe pull these games out. And like I kind of said earlier, like Edwards is a young head coach, right? I mean, this is his, what, third season? Yes. So there would be every reason to believe he's going to get better. He'll learn. But it doesn't really seem, from the outside looking in, it does not look like he's learning lessons. He just keeps, you know, throwing the same – I don't want to cuss. I'm trying not to cuss here. There's, he's just throwing the same stuff out there and expecting something different. My uh, producers give me the "Don't you dare cuss on me, boy." Uh, so I'm, 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 I'll give you my official number. I'm at 71% fire, 29% bring him back. Uh, uh, any other thoughts here? Well, just you know, we and I'm, I'm gonna be done here after I say this, but. I just feel like at first it was his rotations, and now I feel like it's his lack of adjustment. Yeah, that, I agree. I mean, that's where I've grown in my uh, belief system of whether he needs to be our head coach or not. One more point I just wanted to make, and I completely forgot, but it is kind of devastating to lose the Air Force because I never even thought about it. So I knew about the height restriction, you know, that we talked about that in the last one when we talked about Air Force, but that's not the only thing limiting it. Okay, so they can't have, you know, guys over 6'9", I think it was. So they can't have foreign players. I never thought about that. I mean, that's – I mean, it's the United States Air Force. you got to be an American, you know. Yeah. They can't bring in transfers, like grad transfers and, you know, junior college transfers because it's the Air Force. You know, you don't transfer into the Air Force. And then he also said you can't redshirt there, which I, that I don't know if I can believe. But if they can't use redshirts either, I mean, how the hell are they ever competitive? Yeah. And not only that, they cream us. Yeah. I, no, I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's certainly they don't have any advantages if all those things are true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't even know if you could be a fan of it. I mean, you could you could be a fan and hope they're good. But man, you can never expect it. But, but they're better than we are, so what the hell do I know? You better shoot well. Uh, all right, well, just to wrap it up, I'll just give you – we have two more uh, conference games on the season. Uh we play at San Jose on the 6th. Do you know if that's a Wednesday, Clay? I don't have a calendar in front of me. Uh, unless we have – what day is today? It's the 3rd. So, yeah. so that must be Wednesday. Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then that's an 8 p.m. game at San Jose. That's a bottom barrel game if you've ever seen one. Yeah. There might be six people at that game. Uh, and then we play New Mexico at home on senior night for Justin James. I, Saturday the 9th, it must be at 4 p.m. And that, those are two winnable games. Well, I mean, at this point, we'd be stupid to predict wins, but yeah, I mean, we'll just we'll see what it we'll see what happens. Maybe we should take the uh, the other road. We're gonna lose. We have no we, chance. We have There's no no, no chance. To no win chance to win those games. Oh, and two. Guaranteed. Take it to the bank. Yeah. yeah. See if that reverse psychology works here. We can't win another game the rest of the season, and we would have no chance in the tournament. None. I dare you to prove us wrong. <laughs> All right, well, we'll that wraps up for this week's uh, Random Thoughts on Wyoming Cowboy Basketball. We'll uh, talk to you next week, and as always, go Pokes. There you have it. 
Random Thoughts on Wyoming Basketball. Your host, Mark Overman and Clay Cates. Thoughts on Wyoming Basketball is a production of Jackalope Ridge Media, LLC. All rights reserved. Join us next week for another production of Random Thoughts on Wyoming Basketball.